your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 695 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers coming off of a disappointing 3-0 road loss against the New York Islanders, their fourth straight loss, their second loss of this back-to-back after falling to the Colorado Avalanche the night prior in a shootout. And... You know, in general, I don't think that this game was quite the train wreck that the final score would indicate and quite the train wreck that, you know, certain people on social media might be making it out to be. I would certainly say it was not a good night for the Rangers, but I don't know. I mean, I thought it was one of those games where, you know, they outchanced the Islanders. They at times outplayed the Islanders. I thought they spent more time in the attacking zone than the Islanders did to the Rangers. It was just one of those nights where the puck wasn't going to go in the net. Uh, Fantastic performance by Ilya Sorokin. You have to give credit where credit is due. They had the edge in in net because, obviously, the Rangers went with Yaroslav Halak in this game. We're going to talk about his performance for sure. thought he was just kind of okay. I'll have more details on that in a little bit here. But, uh, yeah, just going to kind of talk about this game, start with some general thoughts. I also want to get into the play of Julian Gauthier. Uh, That was certainly a positive coming out of this game. He makes his uh, season debut for the New York Rangers after a short stint with the Hartford Wolfpack. I also want to talk a little bit about the injury to Vitaly Krasov, which is, of course, what prompted the Rangers to call Julian Gauthier uh, back up to the Rangers. Got to talk about this near-highlight real goal by Capo Caco. I mean, if this had gone in, it would have been, you know, play of the week, play of the month, whatever it might have been. But uh, just a fantastic individual effort by him on this play. Did everything but score. Also going to have a bold prediction for the New York Rangers uh, this weekend. They will be playing at the Dallas Stars at 2 on Saturday and then at the Coyotes at 8 p.m. on Sunday. And that's not the prediction. That's literally what's happening. But I'll have the prediction a little bit later in today's episode. Uh, For starters, you know, just the fact that the Rangers have lost four straight games is somewhat striking to me. Yes, I know two of them were in overtime, but it's still four straight losses. And it's crazy because, and some of you guys might be aware of this, some of you may not be, but all season last year, excluding the Eastern Conference final against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Rangers did not lose four consecutive games the entire season. And only twice in the regular season did they lose uh, three consecutive games at all. One was fairly early in the season, and one was... uh, the fourth to last game of the season, the third to last game of the season, and the second to last game of the season. And by then, the Rangers were pretty much locked into their playoff spot. They were getting guys some rest that needed some rest. And, you know, it it happened. It it wasn't really that big of a deal. But now, yeah, the only time last year that they lost four in a row was the Eastern Conference Final against Tampa, and they've already done it uh, just a handful of games into the season here. And, you know, we'll we'll see how they respond to it. This team is being tested right now, and uh, you go on the road against the Dallas Stars. They're off to a nice start this season. They're on top of their division, 4-2-1. and one. Then you play the Coyotes, who are in dead last in that very same division. So uh, we'll see if the Rangers can bounce back from it. But again, you know, this game last night, it wasn't great, but I, I just think it's a case of running into a hot goalie. That's what the Rangers have been doing quite a bit of lately. And, you know, just, just not getting the results, not getting rewarded for the amount of scoring opportunities that you produce. That's pretty much what happened with the Rangers last night. I mean, they outshot the Islanders 41-29. to 29. They won 49% of the faceoffs, did the Rangers, so uh, they were, you know, competitive on the dot. 
Uh, they outhit them 43-35. to Both teams went 0-3 on the power play. And I thought the Rangers, once again, just spent more time on the, the attack than the Islanders did. But uh, it's just... It's interesting because it was such a contrast to the game the night prior against the Avalanche. The game against the Avalanche was just wide open hockey. Uh, you know, got, I mean, it was a goaltending clinic. Otherwise, that game would have been a lot more high scoring than it was. But guys just flying up and down the ice, very high pace, very entertaining. Uh, that game I saw did some of the best numbers that any hockey game has done, any regular season hockey game has done in quite some time. I don't have the exact stat in front of me. But I want to say that like it averaged 750,000 viewers and peaked at 1 million, something along those lines. So uh, that's great to see as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a wide open game. And this game at times, as has been the case with Rangers Islanders over these past couple of years here, at times it was just kind of a slog. And I know the Islanders have a new coach, but they seem to be playing the same style of hockey, just kind of low event, you know, slow paced, grinded out kind of games. And I think at times that can frustrate the Rangers. I don't know if that's what happened last night. I mean, the Rangers, you know, they, they, cracked the armor, but couldn't, you know, penetrate the armor, I guess. I, I think I just made up an analogy there. But like I said, a ton of scoring chances for the Rangers just could not finish. Unfortunate that they weren't able to do that. But again, uh, running into a very talented and very hot goalie in Ilya Sorokin. And I uh, want to talk a little bit about the lineup. And then, like I said, we'll turn our attention to some other things. I want to also certainly get into the play of Julian Gauthier, who I thought once again was one of the uh, bright spots for the Rangers in this game. But as far as just the lineup itself, uh, the top six has been what the Rangers have been rolling with, and we'll see if they want to make some changes going forward. It's tough to say whether or not they should do that because, you know, you look at these last couple of games here, and the Rangers aren't scoring any goals, but by that same token, they're producing a lot of scoring chances. I believe, I have it written down here somewhere, I believe, though, in these last two games combined against the Islanders and against the Avalanche, uh, the Islanders, a team that has given the Rangers some fits over the past few years, and the Avalanche, obviously the defending Stanley Cup champions, in those two games, the Rangers have gotten 85 shots on goal. So it's not really a case of not creating any chances, not getting any shots, not having any chemistry within the lines. It's more just a case of not being able to finish. If that's enough to prompt Gallant to, uh, you know, reconfigure his lines and try some different things uh, in this weekend series, you know, they'll be against the Stars and against the Coyotes, then I understand that. I'll also understand if he wants to, you know, stay the course here with these lines because I don't think it's uh, for a lack of scoring opportunities that the puck isn't going in the net. But the top six was the same. You've then got a uh, third line of Barclays Goudreau centering Jimmy Vesey on the left wing, Julian Gauthier on the right wing. Gauthier was once again called back up because Vitaly Krasov is out of the lineup. Uh, Krasov, it, it looked like hurt his arm in the most recent game. And he is considered day-to-day, -day, which, again, one of those vague injury terms that we hear so often. Uh, will he be out there this weekend? We'll see. And if he is out there, what happens with the lineup? You know, does Gautier come right back out? I don't think I would do that because Gautier had a strong game here. Uh, we'll see. And we'll get more into that topic when we talk about Gautier. Uh, but then you had the fourth line of Carpenter centering Blay on the left wing, Ryan Reeves on the right wing. And then you had uh, the same four defensemen that the Rangers always go with. And you had Libor Hayek uh, dressing for his second consecutive game over Zach Jones. He plays with Braden Schneider. And, uh, you know, Hayek, he caught a lot of flack for the Rangers' first goal. You know, he was kind of out of position. But honestly, I'm going to break down that goal in a little bit as well when we talk about Halak. No Ranger on the ice looks good on this play. It wasn't just it wasn't just Hayek. I'd prefer the Rangers go back to Jones sooner rather than later. I think he has more upside. And I think with Jones, you know, he hasn't been great to start the season, but I think you have to let him take his lumps a little bit and just kind of develop on the fly. Uh, he's not going to do that if he's watching a bunch of games from the press from the press box. Um, so 
We'll see what happens there. And like I said, in just a second, I do want to uh, go ahead and talk about the play of Julian Gauthier. But first, just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and uh, we just want to go ahead and thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, as I was just talking about, Julian Gauthier makes his return to the New York Ranger lineup and, uh, you know, makes his season debut for the team. He had to pass through waivers in order to be sent from the Rangers to the Wolfpack earlier this season, and he did so successfully, and I'm glad that he did. I, I think he's fine as, like, a depth piece, a 12th or 13th forward, somebody you can plug in there from time to time. With Gauthier, you know, we've all been down this road before. He, he teases you, but just doesn't have that finishing touch, and we saw that on display uh, in this game last night. I'm going to have a couple examples of that. But first, you know, his stats. Uh, he played four games with the Wolfpack this season for, you know, whatever that's worth for everyone, and he had two goals in those four games. Uh, last night, he got 10 minutes and 44 seconds of ice time. I thought he, for the most part, made the most of it. Uh, he also had five seconds on the power play, uh, two shots on goal, and a block shot as well. I will go so far as to say that Julian Gauthier last night, I thought it was the best like individual game performance from a bottom six forward on the Rangers. Every bottom six forward not named Filipino and not named Barclay Goodrow because the two of them have obviously had some really solid performances for the Rangers this season. But I thought what we got from Gautier last night is better than anything we've gotten from Vitaly Krasov in any single game, uh, better than anything we've gotten from Jimmy Vesey, from Reeves, Carpenter, uh, Sammy Blay, pretty much everybody. So uh, the only guys that are exceptions to that rule, once again, Barclay, Goodrow, and Philip Hedl. And obviously, Hedl's out of the lineup right now. But uh, Gautier looked good. Got a couple of highlights from him uh, from this game. Early in the first period, still scoreless at this point. Gautier goes in hard up the right side, turns to his left, moves hard to the net, and you guys know the rest. He does not score. I, I will say, though, he came closer to scoring on this one, I would, I would think, than he has on a lot of these opportunities in the past. Uh, Ilya Sorokin had to kick out his right pad, made just an awesome skate save. So Gautier was really, really close to actually finishing this opportunity here, which has always been his bugaboo pretty much ever since he's come into the NHL. Shows the speed, uh, shows the uh, the size, obviously, and, you know, just can't replicate the success that he's had in the AHL. And it's funny because when he was on the Wolfpack, uh, we saw that very same play. Uh, with the Wolfpack, he went in up the left side and veered to his right to go to the net. But he actually finished his opportunity there. And he came close here, was not able to do it, unfortunately. Hopefully, luck will finally be on his side. He'll somehow discover that scoring touch that he's had in the AHL. Because sooner or later, you know, the Rangers are going to need some uh, secondary scoring and get a little bit more out of their bottom six guys. Obviously, it doesn't help that Philip is out of the lineup because that's the first guy you would look to as far as a bottom sixer producing some offense. Maybe Julian Gauthier can be that guy. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And like I said, we've been down this road with Julian Gauthier in the past. You just got to hope against hope that he somehow figures it out here, but we will see. Uh, there was also second period I thought was a pretty eventful period for Julian Gauthier. There was another play where he went hard to the net again, 
did not score again, but this time he drew a penalty. Uh, Pajot had to slash Gautier to prevent the scoring opportunity. So that was good. Rangers got in the power play as a result of a nice play by Julian Gautier. There was also a play later in this period. Uh, he was up the left side. It was a two-on-one situation and took a shot. You know, it looked like a pretty good shot. But again, Sorokin was on his game, deflected it, and it went out of play. And then there was a situation later in this game, and I was intrigued by this. I don't know if this was a case of a partial line change or if Gallant was juggling his lines by this point, but Gautier was actually out there with Artemi Panarin, and Panarin uh, made a pass from just inside the Ranger blue line to his right in deep to Julian Gautier. Uh, Gautier had, had the opportunity to potentially shoot here, but he was at a really tough angle, so he instead went behind the net and then passed out in front. It was a nice sustained offensive possession for the New York Rangers here, um, but, you know, at least he got the pass from Panarin and you know, showed some some burst and, and went around behind the net and kept the play alive. Could have shot it, chose not to, uh, but we'll see what happens with Julian Gauthier going forward. And as far as him potentially being sent down in the future, my understanding, you know, I saw this explained uh, not too long ago, is that Gauthier can now be sent down without having to pass through waivers, but if he plays 10 games with the Rangers— then he would have to be sent, or he would have to pass through waivers to be sent back down to the Hartford Wolfpack. So uh, we'll see how that whole situation shakes out. It's possible that uh, once the entire team is healthy, you know, if you get like Heedle and Kraftsoff back, then Gautier might be the odd man out, and he might head back down uh, to the AHL, especially if he's played less than ten games. Because in that situation, if I'm understanding this correctly, he would not have to pass through waivers. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that as well. And um, Kraftsoff again, day to day, it'll be interesting to see like if he can play this weekend. Who comes out of the lineup? I don't think he can take Gautier out of the lineup for Saturday because he played well in this game. So if Kravtsov goes back in, maybe Kravtsov gets his third-line spot back. Maybe Kravtsov is the healthy scratch. Maybe uh, Kravtsov is on the third line. You move Gautier to the fourth line. And maybe uh, Ryan Reeves comes out of the lineup. He's played every game so far this year. And uh, I do like Reeves, but I don't think he's somebody that needs to play all 82 games. Uh, Jimmy Vesey remains an option as well as far as who comes out. So uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, Gautier, an encouraging debut here. I'm still a little bit skeptical if this is going to be like his aha moment where he goes on to become like a great player for the Rangers. Uh, we'll see. We've seen him have some opportunities. Just hasn't been able to take advantage of them, uh, at least thus far in his career. But hey, fingers crossed that that's what happened because that's what will happen, excuse me. Because, you know, if you're going to be a Stanley Cup winning team, you're going to need certain guys to kind of surprise you and uh, play above their expectations for the season. Maybe Gautier can be that guy. Uh, we will see. But in just a second, going to keep rolling here and continue, you know, talking about this game last night. Definitely want to talk about the Capo Caco goal that almost was. Uh, just a fantastic individual effort by him on that play. Also, you get into the play of Yaroslav Halak. And uh, like I said, going to have that bold prediction for you guys at the end of today's episode. It's not the most original thing ever, but I think you guys will like it uh, nevertheless. So uh, yeah, just a second. We will certainly get into that Kako Kako uh, highlight real play in the first period there. All right, so wanted to uh, go ahead and discuss this Capo Kako goal here, uh, or almost goal as it was. Uh, Kako... Just a ridiculous move. He basically eluded the entire uh, New York Islanders defense, just went around everybody, protected the puck, uh, had guys just kind of flailing for him. Seriously, like he went around like three players on this play, went to the doorstep, and looked like he was going to score just a beautiful goal. And unfortunately, uh, Ilya Sorokin kicked out his right pad, made the save with his skate, kept the puck from going in. Even with Kako not scoring this goal here, like I said, this was getting some attention on social media. 
And it really feels like Capo Caco is close. I mean, he's so strong on the puck. He's finally starting to use his size and his strength to his advantage. We've talked about that in some previous episodes. And like I said, we'll see about a potential shakeup uh, in the next game if the Rangers choose to do anything different with their line combinations. But if you're going to mess with that top line, which admittedly you know hasn't produced a lot of offense recently, I might almost drop Kreider down to the third line, and maybe he gets it going with, you know, some different line mates. I mean, Kreider, he had five shots on goal last night. I don't think he's been uh, as poor as, you know, certain people would have you believe if you go on social media. But right now, it's just not clicking with that top line. Uh, it almost clicked here due to a fantastic individual effort from Capo Caco. But yeah, I wouldn't be completely stunned if there's a, uh, you know, a shakeup of some kind. But again, a fantastic play by Caco. And you know, we've talked about this in the past too. But you look at all these former first-round picks by the New York Rangers. You've got Kako. you got Lafreniere. you got Heedle. You've got—you could even throw Gautier in there. You've got Kravtsov. You know, these are the guys that really need to step up and really need to reach that next level if the Rangers are, first of all, just going to turn things around here, and secondly, you know, go on to become a bona fide Stanley Cup contender this season, as we're all hoping that they will. Uh, you know, Kako and Lafreniere, they've both been a little bit hot and cold this season. For the most part, I think they've played well. Uh, Heedle looked really good before he got injured. Kravtsov, you know, he's a work in progress to— put it pretty kindly right now. Um, and then Gautier, who knows? I mean, the ultimate wild card and the ultimate, man, if we could get something out of this guy, uh, that's just a, a tremendous bonus. We'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. Wanted to get into the uh, the play of Yaroslav Halak, though. He had a little bit of a weird night. Uh, he looked like he was kind of fighting himself early in this game. You know, the Islanders were putting the puck at the net, and he was making all the saves, but nothing looked like it was coming easy for him. You know, just kind of fighting everything off and uh, not catching anything cleanly kind of fighting everything and steering it into the corner. Um, so he, he did all right. He did all right. But, um, you know, as far as the goals that were scored, none of them were like, I would say the second one was pretty indefensible. None of them were indefensible, but he didn't get a whole lot of help here either. And I'm going to break down these goals to kind of illustrate my point. The first goal was by Palmieri. And uh, this is the worst goal that the Rangers gave up on the night. Palmieri up the left side. He goes through Braden Schneider. Uh, Libor Hayek, for some reason, is chasing somebody into the corner. Uh, you've got Trocek just kind of reaching for the puck, and he couldn't get it. Uh, it came loose to Pajot. It went off Pajot's stick, and then Palmieri picked it back up, and he scored. Uh, Panarin was kind of late getting there, and I saw Lafreniere. He kind of, like, turned back up the ice. Like, I don't know if he thought the Rangers had gained possession of it, but Lafreniere was, like, skating, like, out of his zone and toward the neutral zone when this goal was scored. So, as I mentioned in the intro, nobody looked good on this goal at all. And, uh, you know, the Islanders took advantage of it. Unfortunate because the Rangers, I thought, had had the better play to that point. But just not a good goal here. Got outworked a little bit and just did not defend as well as we know this team is capable of defending. As far as the second goal, the one scored by Bailey, uh, you had the puck. Uh, it got chipped over Keandre Miller's stick and into the attacking zone. Uh, Barzell's dancing with the puck along the boards. He circles back, passes over to Pel Pelic along the boards. Uh, Pelic in deep to Bailey for the tipping goal. Uh, Truba was a little bit late getting there. And, um, you know, that goes to another theme that I've picked up on this season as well, that the Rangers just, they're making it too easy for opposing teams to get to the front of their net. It just doesn't seem like there's enough resistance there. It, it seems like it's happening a little bit too easily. And that's something that uh, you would think the Rangers will correct going forward. The defensemen on the Rangers are just too good to allow this to continue to happen. There's just been too many times where guys, you know, they'll be skating up the right side or up the left side along the wing, and they'll just kind of veer toward the net, and they'll just be on the doorstep before you know it. You know, they'll go outside a defenseman, get around him, and the next thing you know, uh, they're on the doorstep with a stuff-in opportunity. So uh, 
kind of a variation of that here on this second goal by Bailey, but it's something that the Rangers are definitely going to have to correct going forward. Uh, the third goal also scored by Palmieri. Got a face-off in the Rangers' zone. The face-off was won by the Islanders. You get a slap shot from the point. Uh, the puck went right to Palmieri in the high slot area. He turns and shoots. Uh, you know, Kreider was there. Miller was there. But I can't really put it too much on them just because, I mean, I guess they could have been a little bit quicker to get on the puck. But this went right to Palmieri. He was just in the right place at the right time. Turned and burned. Threw the puck at the net. It went in. And by that point, uh, th this game was definitely over because it was getting pretty late in the third period. And uh, the Rangers just could not solve Sorokin, as we've mentioned. Um, so as for Halak, you know, his performance uh, as a whole, he's basically got one awesome start. That was his first start against the Jets. Uh, he's had one really bad start. That was his second start against the Blue Jackets. And kind of a middle-of-the-road start here against the Islanders. I mean, the first and third goals were maybe stoppable, but again, just didn't really get a ton of help and uh, some bad puck luck on that third one, I thought, as well. So we'll see. I mean, I still do like the pickup of Halak. I know a lot of people now are saying like, oh man, should I never let Georgie go? Should I never let Georgie go? Look, Georgie was gone. There, there was nothing you could do. The Rangers could not afford to shell out any kind of significant money to their backup goalie. He had trade value, as we saw in the trade that Drury made, and he had an opportunity to go be a starter somewhere. Georgie, sooner or later, was going to be a starter somewhere around this league. He's getting his chance with the Avalanche. Good for him. The Rangers needed a new backup, uh, just somebody to sign a one-year deal and, you know, spell Igor every now and then, and that's what Halak is uh, going to do this season. But we shall see how this continues to shake out going forward. The one thing, though, that I took issue with recently, and I'll mention it again here, is I'm just not sure why Yaroslav Halak needs to be starting three out of five games for this team. I questioned that when it happened because, you know, Sunday, the Rangers were playing the Blue Jackets, and they started Halak. And the four games after that were in the form of a pair of back-to-backs. So unless Gerard Gallant deviates from his strategy of never playing Igor Shosturkin in both games of a back-to-back, -back, and we'll see what happens this weekend, but unless he deviates from that plan, then we're going to have a situation here where Yaroslav Halak is going to play three out of five games for the Rangers. And that just doesn't need to happen, especially this early in the season. It's not like Igor ha has been like just grinding and grinding and grinding. I mean, we're, where, where are we now? Eight games into the season. No reason for that to be happening uh, where you've got your Vesna winning goalie sitting on the bench for three out of the five games. So didn't really understand the need to, um, to go with Halak in the Sunday game against the Blue Jackets. Now it's always possible that maybe Gallant will deviate from that plan. Maybe this weekend, and maybe that's been the plan all along. Maybe this weekend, you know, the fact that the Rangers play at the Stars at 2 p.m. on Saturday, and then they play at the Coyotes at 8 p.m. on Sunday. Maybe that's a situation where Igor could play both of those games. Uh, the timing of both games kind of uh, lends itself to doing that because you have an afternoon game followed by a night game. Although, I don't know how much of a difference that really makes. I mean, if, if you're sore the next day, you're sore the next day. I don't think a couple of hours is really going to make a difference. But if there's ever a time where Gallant was going to go against his strategy of not using Igor in back-to-backs, this would seemingly be it. Once again, first of all, because of the time difference, and secondly, because the Rangers have lost four straight games, and they need to turn around and get everything rolling here. One other just casual uh, observation that I had from this game, Rangers-Islanders, I've talked about recently how this rivalry feels like a little, I don't want to say dead because it's still Rangers-Islanders and people are still really into these games and Ranger fans invade their arena. A couple of Islander fans come to Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, the rivalry is alive and well, but the chippiness and the nastiness hasn't really been there in recent seasons. Uh, it was in this game last night. I thought the stage was set in the first period. Uh, there was a situation where the puck bounced into the air, and Yaroslav Halak had to reach up and uh, glove it, and he did that. The whistle blew. 
and you've got like five on five, everybody pushing and shoving each other, getting in each other's faces. Uh, Lindgren was involved in a lot of extracurriculars last night. So maybe we're getting back to that, a little bit of uh, nastiness between the Rangers and Islanders. And that's not to say there haven't been any incidents over the past few years. But when I think of like the teams that the Rangers, it really gets nasty with, I think Penguins, I think Flyers. I'd say probably the Devils a little bit. I'd even say the Carolina Hurricanes, especially in that playoff series last season. And, and maybe the Lightning, too. You know, that that Eastern Conference final, I think, is going to pour more fuel on that fire when these two teams play each other. Of course, they already played each other on opening night, but going forward this season as well. As far as the bold prediction, again, it's not the most original thing, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to stick my neck out for the Rangers, so they better have my back here. I'm going to say that they sweep this back-to-back uh, this weekend on the road against the Stars and the Coyotes. Uh, again, I believe I mentioned this earlier. The Stars are 4-2-1. The Coyotes are 2-4. and four, But I just think the Rangers are due. I think they're going to snap out of it. Uh, the fact that they have a day off Thursday and Friday is probably a good thing. You know, you can get a little bit of a mental break. And honestly, I'm not sure. I didn't check Twitter if the Rangers are playing or practicing, rather, on Thursday. I think a day away might not be the worst thing. Just let everybody clear their heads, come back ready to go, you know, have a practice Friday, and then just be ready to take it to the Stars on the road uh, on Saturday and then take care of business against the Coyotes as well. But the Rangers are just too good to keep going like this. They've created score, too many scoring opportunities for the dam to not break sooner or later here. I feel like, uh, you know, they will get their chances, and they've been getting their chances, but they will start converting on their chances you know, you've got so many talented players up and down this lineup, guys who can put the puck in the net. There's just no way, law of averages, there's no way that this can continue, this scoring drought that they're uh, presently in. So if you believe in do, which I do to a certain extent, uh, then you got to think that, again, sooner or later, this this is going to turn around for the Rangers. So fingers crossed that that's indeed what happens. I figure we can pretty much call it there for today, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Today, Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.